Welcome to Collaborating, the podcast series of the Collaborative for Business Development. Welcome back to Collaborating, the podcast that focuses on all things revenue, best and next practices in sales, marketing, and eliminating organizational obstacles to success. Our guest today is Tracy Repchuk. She's a best-selling author and internet marketing and social media strategist. And we wanted to have Tracy on. I wanted to have Tracy on because in the with the firms that we work with and a lot of investment advisors, money managers, software companies, mostly service-oriented firms, we do find a wide range of knowledge and a wide range of utilization of different internet tactics and social media and things like that. Of course, we, we try to help help our clients with some of those things, but we're not an expert like Tracy is. So we wanted to have Tracy talk about her experience and, you know, perhaps give you some nuggets as to how you too can really up the game in your internet marketing and search engine optimization. So title of this podcast, Building Awareness, Being Social, everything you've ever wanted to know about internet marketing. So again, Tracy is an award-winning entrepreneur since the age of 19, actually. She's helped thousands of clients get their message out online fast and effectively. She's an international speaker and motivator and has spoken in over 35 countries. Her presentations are very dynamic. I've watched a few of her videos online and seen her at least virtually in action and very dynamic. Loved, loved watching her. Very content-rich. She she provides a lot of benefits to her clients in, in this arena. Has appeared on just about every network you can think of, quoted in every newspaper you can think of. And so with her extensive business and internet and search engine optimization and marketing backgrounds, she really promises that she can take her business to the next level. And today on Collaborating, we're going to find out how. So with all that, Tracy, welcome to Collaborating. Thanks, Mike. It's uh, great to be here. Tell us a little bit about uh, your background. You you certainly do have a a varied background. And I I think as I looked at your LinkedIn profile, you, I don't know if you started a software company back in the 90s and then moved on to this guy. You've just done everything. So how did you, where where have you been and how'd you get to get to this place? I did. Uh, I started a software company in 1985 at the age of 19, exactly when I graduated from college. So um, I was rocking and rolling. I've never had a job. I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And um, uh, it was great and thriving, um, you know, kind of business to be in. Uh, But what happened in, uh, I guess it was almost 2000 and, oh, I want to say like 2006, I guess, is is the kids were getting a little older. So when the kids were born, I moved, my husband and I moved into the home from our office, raised the kids. And then as they got a little older, at first they were oblivious to the fact that we worked because we worked around their sleeping <laughs> patterns and things like that. And then exactly. as they got older, of course, they were up far longer and it was harder to hide. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I was looking for a brand new model in 2006 and I was like, okay, I've done software development. In 1994, I started in the internet and I was doing software programming for uh, the internet in, and I was integrating to uh, large corporations, uh, handling accounts like Walmart and Home Depot and JCPenney and 
and um, doing software development for banks and Lottery Corp. And then uh, in 2006, we decide that um, software is far too demanding for our lifestyle with the three kids. So we needed to put them more first than we already had. So I uh, started to look for a new model, and that's where I found internet marketing. And I thought, okay, this is great because I have the internet background. I have the website development. I'd been doing that since 1996. And I understood the underbelly of the internet because um, a lot of my programming was uh, dealing with internet marketing. We were early developers for, you know, PDA devices, which are now, you know, like the iPad and... Uh, right developing uh, for handheld scanners and, and all sorts of things. So it was a very natural progression for me to move to the Internet. And I moved to the field then of marketing. Instead of just being kind of in the background, I now moved myself to the foreground and said, okay, I'm going to be an Internet marketer and I'm going to now help clients get their full brand how to really establish themselves online, how to have the look and feel that makes them appear as the expert that they are, and how to have them instantly perceived as being credible um, and kind of the choice, you know, in, in whatever field that may be. And um, how to really differentiate yourself. So that's kind of how um, it all started. And it, it, it started really fast for me because... I, uh, I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I moved to California to start this new internet thing. And within the first, I guess, 58 days, I wrote a book. I, so I started to write a book and launched it to number one in 58 days on Amazon. And that book, like, shot me into stardom simply because it was, uh, it did so well so quick. And then people started to call me and said, hey, I want you to be my coach. So I said, yes, I will coach you through the book. And the book is uh, 31 Days to Millionaire Marketing Miracles. And it's the A to Z of Internet marketing, what you have to do, the first step, second step, third step, et cetera. And so I would take people through the book. And I used to charge 10 grand for me to do that. And then uh, really that, that got me, again, with a very high income very quickly. I made six figures in a few months. Wow. And then the World Internet Summit saw me. And so they said, uh, they awarded me new internet marketing success of the year and they flew me all expenses paid from California to Singapore to appear on my very first stage in <laughs> front of 3,400 people. And that launched my speaking career. So, so in a matter of months, I went from ground zero of internet marketing to best-selling author to international speaker to to now I've uh, got thousands of clients around the world and I've um, appeared in 35 countries as a uh, speaker for internet marketing and social media. Oh so that's kind gosh. of the start. <laughs> so, so when are you running for president? I mean, we, yeah, we... <laughs> no desires for anything government or political. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just j j other than to help your clients avoid the government and, and political uh, process on the internet, right? Exactly. That's right. So we keep it all nice and clean and fresh and um, under all rules and obligations and to make sure that uh, not only are they complying with what their expectations from the customer are and the visitor, but also, you know, making sure that everything's uh, good uh, between them and Google and between them and any legislations that may be looking. Right, right. So you, you say that the Internet, I, I read in something that you wrote that, you, that the Internet, you say the Internet is the greatest marketing tool of all time. 
but that it's filled with wrong data, confusing steps, and hype that mislead what you should be doing for your business to attract more leads, get more clients, and make more sales. So what traps do you see businesses falling into, and what generally should they be instead doing? Um, I think one of the biggest traps is, for a new company anyway, let me take the perspective of this company doesn't exist, is a lot of people think that, hey, um, I can start my brand new company, I'm going to, ju- I'm going to be an online business, and, and they simply build a website according to what they think it should look like, and they put no research into who their actual target market is, they've not pinpointed, you know, kind of the customer avatar, you know, the identity of, of who you're directing the colors to, the, the languaging to, the search engine optimization strategies. So they just kind of throw up a website on online uh, simply as if this was, you know, their online brochure. Now that worked in 1996. Those strategies pre-2000 um, when you had a brochure type of website worked simply because there wasn't a lot of sites. I, um, one of my websites was like one of the first 100,000 websites on the internet, and now we're like up to billions. So you can get a feel now for the scope uh, and the difference in the landscape that you have to be able to you know, penetrate and be heard above. So they're throwing their website up there like it's spaghetti on the wall and wondering why it isn't impacting their business um, the way that it should be. And they're getting advice from graphic designers. So they're getting this really pretty site. They're going to what's called a web developer. But the issue with web developers, and they'll tell you this themselves, is they're not marketers. They have no marketing ability whatsoever. In many cases, they are simply, they have the ability to put together a gorgeous site for you, and that's what you hired them to do. And then when your site isn't doing much else, um, it's, it's simply because there's an entire strategy that they're not aware of. It's this whole holistic and cohesive solution to, to from your brand identity to the colors, to the customer, to the languaging, to what are you saying on social media. So so mm-hmm. people are, aren't understanding that you are now having to take your entire corporate vision, mission, philosophy, and elements online in the same way as you really needed to develop it offline. So sure, right. people are forgetting that it, it's, a, it's kind of a duplication and a lot of thought needs to go into it just because it's incredibly cheap now to start a business. Because again, when I go back to 1985 when I started my business, um, it was $20,000 for the very first computer we bought. So the entry to be a business back then was enormous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, there wasn't this, I can start a business now for $65, for goodness sakes. I just need a website domain, some hosting, and I'm good to go, you know. Right. Um, and so right. people forget that, that it is a business and that it, you have to start with marketing in mind so that you can attract the right customer and get the clients and then convert them to sales. So there's this this kind of trap that people don't even see uh, that nobody is talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in so doing, one of the differences, obviously, between print and the Internet is you not just have to have your message, but don't you have to really be thoughtful and research about the you know actually the kinds of words you use and where you place them and all these extra technology slash internet 
considerations to really get the most out of search engine optimization and things like that? Am I wrong on that, or, or is there like a whole another, uh, a whole different level, higher level? No, you you're to... absolutely correct, and and people aren't even aware of that. Like, I'll give you a prime example. When blogging came out, um, a whole pile of people kind of jumped on and and said. Everyone was told you got to be blogging, and so people started to blog. And then to them, to probably 90% of the population, blogging became a waste of time. And so they stopped. But blogging is, is actually a critical element to your business. And, and it goes back to the, the primary function of your blog is to communicate to Google. And people, again, think... It's to communicate to a customer. Well, that's great if the customer's there, and that's great if the RSS feed is being picked up and, and people are, in fact, reading your blog. This is awesome. And, but the purpose of the blog is to get Google to notice you and to put you higher up in the search rankings based on the keywords. And that, that's exactly mm-hmm. what you were saying there. Right. Your message has to tie to the keywords of your target market. And what they're searching for. And so every single blog post, the headline, the body, it's all keyword based. And people just usually randomly talk about something in their blog post and it doesn't get picked up where they need it to pick up, where they need it to get picked up, which is Google and the search engines. And same with their social media. And it all goes back to they have have not established their market, their target market and the words that the target market is using so that even in social media, you can be communicating to people in a way that is also getting, you know, kind of identified and raising you as, as an expert because of what you're saying and the, you know, the words that you're using and, and, and the matching of your message to the expectations of the target market. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely critical I, I mean, the only thing I can say or the, the beautiful part is it is easy to change now. You just have to go back to ground zero and, and do a whole flush through, um, right. you know, and it doesn't cost that much in, in most cases. Unlike, you know, historically, we would all print out those flyers. I remember getting, you know, 5,000 flyers and 10,000 flyers. And, and if it didn't work, you know, you were throwing out and killing trees by the boatload. <laughs> so at least this way... It is easily rectified, but it really takes somebody to to hold their hand, go back to ground zero for a minute, which is what I do with my clients, and let's flush out this whole thing so that when you are online, everything you're doing has a purpose and a function and, and an expected outcome. Okay, great. Now, it's interesting you talk about blogs, and I was, look, again, looking at your site, and I saw blogs, but I didn't see a lot about video or discussion of video or video production, that kind of thing. And what I have heard more recently is that video, the use of YouTube, things like that are becoming, well, not only more used, but better insofar as marketing, internet marketing and SEO than actual blogs, you know, so vlogs instead of blogs and and videos generally. Am I, again, misreading something or do how do you see the balance and the relative value of blogs versus video? Um, video is absolutely a prime candidate right now, and that, and that is what people should be doing. Absolutely correct. And again, it's about keywording your, your video titles, keywording the words inside, 
knowing what you're saying, having it structured, having a purpose for every single video, having a call to action to that. And, you know, of course, posting it on YouTube or whatever applicable applicable site because YouTube is the number two search engine. It's why Google bought it. It knew the power and Google gives high priority to, to especially a YouTube video primarily because they're, they go hand in hand and people are even starting to bypass searching on Google and going straight to video. So it's absolutely uh, critical to start uh, your video marketing Mm -hmm. and, and then embed that video in a blog and get twice the kick. Oh, there you go. That's a great idea. And what about communicating those videos and blogs via other social media or other avenues, Twitter, that kind of thing? How do you see that growing? And is that also valuable? Absolutely. Everything you do and say should be flushed out through all the major social media, which would be Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Google+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Or primarily for the business um, end of things, depending on what business you're in, Pinterest is starting to play a bit of a role as well. Mm-hmm. But the, those are the five daddies, and those are the ones where you really need to put your focus. So every, every blog post you do should be flushing through every one of those, um, especially in LinkedIn, for example. When you do a blog post, you can then go into LinkedIn and it, it become a part of 50 different groups in LinkedIn and flush it to another 50 different groups as well right. as your own um, news feed. So it, it's, it's important to understand that there are all these other avenues you need to be filling as far as the marketing because primarily, I mean, in, in, you know, in, in our old world there, it was pretty easy to advertise because all we did was have a big fat ad in the yellow pages. And if you weren't there, you weren't alive. And the bigger your ad in the yellow pages, the more money you generally made. Um, But what happened over time, of course, is the yellow pages died. Uh, Many companies did not realize that. And so their, their business practically went down with the yellow pages. And now most companies now are struggling because they're now in this brand new world where they can't just pop an ad in a magazine or in a book and have that have the marketing done for them. This is uh, you know a new frontier where they you now have to be familiar with at least five different social medias. You have to uh, have your primary um, uh, kind of message be online, which means it needs to be very structured and and keyworded and of course all of the important elements have to be considered and then you have to kind of marry and communicate your message on a continuing basis which again is why the database and the list building has become such a Mm -hmm. critical point as well because that's your way of of pulling people offline online into kind of your own database uh, and communicating to them and creating a community of people that know you, like you, trust you, and ultimately buy from you without you having to deal with the excess communication. Like you you can't answer a thousand people's questions, but your autoresponder messages and and the communication tools that now exist and are almost mandatory in a business um, are there for that purpose. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are now catching up and, and, and going online incorrectly and then kind of saying, how is my business going to survive? I can't can't put all this together fast enough. And they're right. It is a very big task to to kind of move a ship online. 
but mm -hmm. um, that's why you you know hire people like myself to help you out, <laughs> so that the transition is faster and you get to focus on what you love to do, and I get to make sure that you're represented properly. All right. Well, that's a, a good segue to my next question, which is that even here at the Collaborative, believe it or not, we struggle with social media strategy and goal setting, as I'm sure a lot of our clients do. And then not only the struggle of what should the strategy be, what should the goals be, but then actually implementing social media activities. So how should a, a business, and, and let's just, uh, again, let's maybe focus it in on our clients, which are, again, a lot of tech firms, software companies, uh, folks in the financial services industry. How should they be determining goals? What are the realistic goals for social media? Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's my world too, so perfect. Um, okay, so first thing you got to know is what social media is for what. Okay, so let, let me start with Twitter, for example. A lot of people ignore Twitter because they say that's for celebrities, my market's not there, I don't care. Twitter is for traffic feeding. And this is why your landing page is critical. This is why that website that captures, and it can't be on your corporate site. It is a separate new website designed specifically to do one thing, and that's get the name and the email address of somebody who might be interested in your services. Hmm. Um, and so you, you use Twitter to drive to your landing page. That's the purpose of Twitter. And the reason it is just so unbelievably great to do this is your target market is in these categories over there. And so you can just pluck and, and move everybody that's sitting there, you know, like, like ripe chickens type of thing. It's just absolutely, I've never seen a, a location of a target audience so nicely laid out to the point where you can drive them to your landing page. So don't neglect Twitter because you don't really know what to do over there. Just keep offering your free guide or your free whatever and drive people from social media to your landing page. Now, LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, of course, is, is the, the professionals. It's, it's where myself, uh, I hang out mostly on LinkedIn. That's the area where, you know, the average... The average subscriber up there makes $116,000. Over on Twitter, it's around 56000 I think on Facebook, it's around 65000 So you have all of these varying categories of where your demographics may be. And so that's something you need to know as well. So as a professional, my audience is in LinkedIn. So I'm over there engaging and sending. This is where I heavily promote a blog post, my articles, um, you know, or, or, or target people I want to be working with. That's what happens on LinkedIn. It is a very specific strategy where you, your goal for the day is to find that client or to find that collaboration that will help you go to the next level in your business because they are there. Let's take a look then at Facebook. So Facebook is a place for community building. So, for example, all of my clients, uh, we have, like, the private Facebook page. So we're up there, and I'm posting all of my strategies constantly as I create and or find or discover them for my clients, you know, four or five times a day for them. Then I have my communities that follow me. So that's the 5,000 in my personal page and whatever else and all the other fan pages that I own as well. 
And so these are niche pockets where I'll communicate specific messages and build communities. And then, of course, this is an area where I'll, I'll often invite to webinars or I'll enlighten on a product or, you know, I'll give special offers in place and, and things like that, too. I repeat that same um, thing over on Google Plus as I do on Facebook. Only there you, of course, have the added uh, kind of feature of Hangouts where you can, you know, kind of put together a, meet, a quick uh, impromptu meeting if you want, whether it's between clients, potential clients, staff, whatever you want to kind of do up there. And then you can also have circles. So that's very easy to communicate to very specific audiences in Google+. And that's hmm. one of the features there. The other feature, of course, being that Google indexes your uh, social media text there, which is why it's important that that be keyword specific and, um, you know, have a purpose as well. And then last but not least is what are you doing with YouTube? Here you want to establish a strategy of, okay, what do I want to say to my target audience? What do they need to know? So, again, if we take a look at financial planners, you know, there are probably, I bet there's 100 tips financial planners have that they constantly give their clients, little things right. um, that most people aren't aware of. And mm -hmm. so you could literally do 100 two-minute tip videos right. that, that raise you to this massive kind of expert status profile simply because your, your videos are going to get uh, kind of indexed uh, mm -hmm. so massively. And then, of course, what are you doing as the call to action? You're sending people to your landing page and you're building that database so that you are able to cope with the new level of kind of prospects that you're going to get in the door because it, you can't think old school. You can't think one-on-one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one -on -one anymore. You have to have a way to pre-educate everybody so that you can handle the volume and then pre-qualify before they kind of uh, land at, at your time. Wow, that is a a thoughtful, a lot to do there. But I, again, that's that's why we have you, right, Tracy? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but you said something. You said something interesting a couple of minutes ago, or you said it a couple of times, talking about the the landing page. And I think you said that the landing page should be separate from your website. I mean, why why can't it be a page on your website somewhere? And and I, I guess just what is the the positives and negatives of where you put a landing page? The landing page, which is this one-page website that only purpose is to ask for the name and the email address. If you take a look at, at, at my landing page, which is marketingsolutionsforbusiness.com, you'll see exactly what a landing page looks like if you're not familiar with them and what they kind of what the purpose is and the layout of them is. So the reason you want this separate and and then I'll talk about where it does go as well. But the reason you want this separate is if you send everybody to your corporate site all the time, even when even though I you definitely want an opt-in box on your corporate site. It's sitting there. But if you constantly send people to your site they just won't opt in. There's too much to see and mm. do, and then they get distracted, and then they go down a rabbit hole, and then they're right. gone. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think about kind of the checkout mentality where you have sent them directly to a checkout and they're standing there and they got one thing to do, give the name and the email address or they get nothing. They're walking away from you. Right. Um, and that almost, if they're truly interested in you, in you, they're going to give you the name and the email address in exchange for this gift that you have for them. So the opt-in ratio is massively different hmm. because of the focus. So, you know, the average the average opt-in ratio is about, you know, anywhere from 8 to 13% um, over at a landing page. It can get much higher. I mean, I've had great results up to 46%, but that's not the average. It means right. that every 100 visitors you get to your page let's say the average let's say 13 opt-in that would be great people should be happy with that to start with um but over on your corporate site if this is the only location you have for database building it's less than one percent you have to have a thousand people come in to get the one person type of thing and so now you're losing all of these people in, in kind of hordes of, of possible prospects and your pipeline is going to dry up uh, so quickly mm-hmm. that you'll be sitting there going, now what? You know, how do I get clients now? How do I get more interest? The other thing is the connection of the landing page and the importance of it as it pertains to your social media. So social media is the place where we're engaging and enlightening and educating and communicating and kind of building a community. But the bottom line is, for all the followers you have over there, they're not yours, okay? If Google says bye-bye, you're gone. If Facebook says bye-bye, you're gone. If Twitter says bye-bye, you're gone. If YouTube says bye-bye, you're gone. And and same with LinkedIn. Any of those platforms could kick people off for any reason they want. They can find a reason. Hmm. Um, And so if they choose to do so, all of your followers are gone. So if you're completely dependent on a communication strategy over in social media and you have not driven those people into your own personal funnel through a landing page mechanism, um, you could also find yourself uh, without any prospects whatsoever um, dependent mm-hmm. on, and you're completely dependent on somebody else's platform uh, for your communication. And that alone could bankrupt a business if, if hmm. that's the way they end it. So take that as a lesson, folks. Build that landing page and make it separate from your website. Sounds like very, very important information. And you've talked a lot about LinkedIn. And just folks, just so you know, I have been out to Tracy's LinkedIn page. And I thought I was doing okay at 600, 650 connections. Tracy's got over 11,000. Unbelievable. So truly a LinkedIn, a LinkedIn guru. And probably most of our clients, most of our market would say, LinkedIn is the primary place for them. They are businesses. We're a business-to-business consulting and training company. And are are there specific things firms should be doing in and within LinkedIn that maybe take, take that up to the next level? Most companies, most professionals, your audience is sitting there. So, you know, if you're spending your time at Twitter and you're spending your time at Facebook, you're possibly losing the connection to your greatest target market. And so what you want to be doing is is going in there and truly seeing who's following you. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful setup. Then you want to definitely be joining groups that are your target market. A lot of people, and I mean, it's good to be a, a member of like 
things to yourself. For example, um, I'm a professional speaker, so I have a, a pile of um, professional speaking groups in my LinkedIn. And then you've got to understand what you're going to do with each of those markets. So I communicate to those groups about, hey, um, I'm available as a speaker. Here's what I talk about. If you need somebody, let me know. Here's uh, links to my speaker page. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And then I give speaker advice, which is what you want to be doing. You want to be giving sure. advice or information to each of those pockets, in wh whether it's in the form of a blog post or a comment or an article, but you just want to be there because here's where your target market's going to notice you. Because most of those people are not over on Facebook in many cases, you know. So the companies, they might be over on Facebook, but they're not kind of, it's only as a brand uh, and then as a community building mechanism for their clients. But you are over on LinkedIn to get and to make relationships. So that's pockets that I would follow. Then let's say the next pocket I would follow are um, some marketing organizations. You know, the, the, the TED Talks, for example, or, or like an e-marketing association. So then I have a few of those. And as you should too, you want to be in, you know, the financial advisors or if the real estate is your market, you want to be in some real estate board areas. Again, to get noticed by your peers as somebody who has an expert status or is a lead in your field. Again, for me, that helps from a speaking perspective, but it can also just help from a referral, um, you know, kind of collaborative uh, mechanism as well. Because, you know, most people specialize in something. They're not the jack of all trades. Like, so, you know, one financial planner or one real estate agent or one chiropractor isn't the exact same as the next. And it might be better to send them to a specialist in some cases. So, so that's a good group to be along as well. And then you got to target. Who are your buyers over there? And those are the ones you follow in a group as well. And then it's the strategy you use on a one-to-one -one basis is who are the companies over there that can add value to you or you could work collaboratively with to take you uh, to the next level of whatever your your kind of um, uh, mission. Right. So you would look for companies that, um, you know, if you guys work together and offered, it could be a product, a service, a webinar, a teleseminar, a, you know, kind of an exchange of promotion. You'll send to their list. They'll send to your list or anything of that nature to where because your products work side by side or your services yes. work side by side, mm -hmm. it, it makes a great idea. For example, I, I target accountants because they have clients and I am a person that can help their clients grow by putting them online properly. Mm -hmm. So that's a collaboration for me. So I would join um, organizations that deal with accounting. Now, I'm, I'm also on the other side. I am an accountant myself. So that gives me a little bit of an in with that community in, in that, you know, kind of I, I, mm -hmm. I could say I'm an accountant, I don't practice, but I'll tell you what I do, I help your client get online properly. And so it kind of, um, those are the relationships. So you're, you're spending your time very specifically over there. It's, a, it's really a form of, of collaborative creation and database mining for mm -hmm. your target mm -hmm. audience. And it's it's time well spent. It's not time you get the president or the CEO doing, um, but 
you really need to possibly bring somebody in to to establish a practice that that you can whether it's farm out uh, to a VA a virtual assistant or or an outsourcing agency but it's important now to understand that these need to be added to your repertoire of marketing kind of elements uh, simply because they are what's working right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, very interesting. And are there services out there? I mean, we often get asked, well, how can I know that what I'm doing with all this social media and my internet marketing is really getting to the right person? And you, you talked about that to some degree in, in talking about LinkedIn and the fact that that's more for professionals than, say, Facebook. But are there statistics that these services provide or any independent organization that actually can tell you, well, okay, I'm, I'm an investment advisor. I'm looking for ultra high net worth individuals in the northern New Jersey area. What, where do they go? What's, wh- what do they do online? Where are they the most? Are there things that can help take this blob of people <laughs> out there accessing the internet and, and focus the message at them? Yeah, one, if you are a firm that deals only locally, well, your job is actually easier um, because you can do, you can make sure you tailor all of your marketing to a local perspective, which means your core cities and all of that need to be in your SEO and need to be um, mm-hmm. aligned in, in all your marketing elements and, and, you know, on your websites and in your meta tags and, and in, uh, so, in all of the places mm-hmm. that are important. And of course, in your SEO. And I think I think most people are afraid to walk down this path, and I don't blame them because the I would say the number the the percent is probably at eighty percent for SEO scams, where, where people will be pouring out money like thousand dollars, two thousand, three thousand. I've yep. heard people five thousand dollars a month for, for search engine optimization right. on a monthly basis, <laughs> um, and and not get any results. Well, that means they're not doing anything. If you're not getting results, it's not. It's something. Something has gone wrong, and they're they're possibly not doing their job. And how do you find that out? It's really hard. In, in some cases, it can be trial and error. Um, you know, like you, you try some guy three months down the road, you got nothing. Well, get out, get it, and get out now. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know so move move to the next person. If you can find somebody who's who's got a referral for you, even better. Um, you want to make sure that they are going to provide you with a full report. For example, we do we do SEO on many levels, um, package pricing type of thing for companies. And we provide them with a report after that says, here's the article we, we wrote for you. Here's where it went. Here's the video that went up for you. Here's where it went. Here's all the links that went out for you. Here's the keywording. Here's where you're ranking. Mm-hmm. So we have a very specific system that's highly detailed every single month. So at the very least, you just want to make sure. And then go and check it. Just because they gave you a report doesn't mean you ignore it. It's like the financial statements, right? Yep. Just because somebody handed you something, you go check the bank balance anyway. And so, you know, go check out one of those links. Make sure it's, uh, it is where it, they said it was going to be and stuff like that. 
Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, generally, like SEO isn't something a company should be dealing with unless you have a full-time staff member right. doing SEO for you. <laughs> So you, you do want to, in many cases, get somebody in. And uh, there are a lot of great companies out there. You just have to. It is trial and error. You, you can't tell, actually, the good from the bad, unfortunately. The only thing maybe I would suggest is let's say you came across somebody. You have no idea who they are. Um, type in their type in their name and the word scam after it or something. Ah, yes. um, and mm -hmm. just see if anything comes up that might uh, lead you to be hesitant because all of a sudden you might get a, a Google listing where where tons of people have been complaining about this company. And then, then obviously the red flag's right there and you don't go with them. Also look for people, you know, that, that um, are possibly with a chamber of commerce or, or something like that because then you know they're a legitimate business, they're, they're there, you know, uh, are they part of the... I'm I'm not a high proponent of the Better Business Bureau, but <laughs> but you know find some sort of connection to something that says they're legitimate, sure. they're around, they're real, they're not just an online agency. They are a functioning business as well. You know they got a phone number you can call them at and th and things of that nature. I, I think you just have to be smart because you are going to spend some money here and you want it to be well spent. And so when speaking of money, and I know this is probably a hard question, it's really relevant or relative to the kind of business you have and that kind of thing, but is there any way to to talk about a general ballpark for what you're going to expend to get a good social media SEO in place? And when, having done that, how soon should you start to be looking for some kind of results? Okay, so the, the one thing people have to remember is SEO and social media are a little bit different um, in that your SEO, it's dealing a lot with your just your keywords and your optimization, yeah. mm -hmm. getting yep. your websites known and things like that. When you are dealing with your social media, you need to be very far more careful than the SEO. Uh, and the reason I say that is if you have somebody posting LinkedIn posts for you, uh, blog posts for you, Facebook posts for you, all of that, they had better be pretty tight to your company. One, uh, in a couple of reasons. You can't have a voice that is not aligned with you um, and, and the vision of the company and, and things of that nature. So that is far, to me, that is a far harder thing to farm out. I don't farm out any of my social media. Every single post anybody sees is mine, um, simply because it can it can completely tear down a business in in a month by having the wrong thing constantly being said, whether it's to a customer service or whether it's to um, a community on your Facebook or whether you're you're farming work to to LinkedIn. Now, you can hire people to go into your LinkedIn and database mine for you um, and, and, you know, kind of get you the leads and get you the connections you need. But then just make sure uh, something that, that it, you've pre-approved everything that's being said online to any of your accounts to make sure that that's happening. So that, to me, um, I would farm out to... Um, like a personal assistant, a virtual assistant, an admin assistant. I would bring somebody in in almost a, a, an outsourcing mechanism. And you can probably get people to do that for you for uh, around 500 a week. Okay. Uh, that's I think that's, you know, 
uh, probably, uh, you know, you can get people for like 20 and $35 an hour, which is great too. Right. Um, right. If you want to just bring them in for a couple of hours, but just get them into the flavor of your own business. Okay. When it comes to SEO, you can pay anything. In simp- and, and in most cases, like I say, it's, it usually turns into a, a scam or a cash cow hmm. issue at that point. Um, but um, our average, we charge anywhere from 400 to $1,000 a month. Right. Uh, depending on the extremeness of the, of the package that you want. And, of course, you know, the more blog posts, articles, press releases, videos, anything of that nature that are going out on your behalf are are increased the higher that you yeah, surely. Uh, it would, pay. Right. I don't think you have to pay anything over $1,000 a month, you know, unless there is some massively extreme thing going on uh, that you need to deal with uh, right away, you know, there, there's mechanisms in place to to deal if you've had a, a, a publicity issue or something like that, a bad bad promotional issue that you need to cover up quickly. That's right, a whole other strategy. Right. But but in that case, about four to one thousand. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going social media and you're going to farm that out, just make sure the person is ty- is quite connected to your business. Right. Okay. And then insofar as you also talked about checking, you know, truth, tr- uh, trust but verify. I guess, as the uh, the old saying goes. So I certainly have used and we've advised to, to folks that are building sites to take a look or, or embed the code for Google Analytics. And we know some other folks using Quantcast. Are those the two? Are there others for really checking and seeing where your traffic's coming from and, and what's what's hitting well for you? Well, um, we use Google Analytics, so we're nice and simple. You can use the your cPanel if you want, which means you can go into the back end of where your database is housed, and your statistics are sitting back there as well for the for the geeks in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Quantcast is great. Obviously, that one costs though. Yeah. Yes. So then you're getting into a different um, element. The key here for all of this, regardless of which you choose, is that you're someone's going to go look at it now. Because nine out of ten cases, people haven't a clue what the analytics are for their site, and so all the tracking in the world is useless without going and looking at the actual statistics that are coming out of it. I get, you know, it's it's kind of like thinking you're earning money and you have nothing in the bank. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> you just want to uh, definitely, at least, uh, uh, you know, if you can, every couple of weeks, take a look at your analytics and see what's happening, and then yes. You, your before and after analytics statistics, if you have hired an SEO company, should be building and going up all the time. Right, right. Okay. So watching one of the videos on, on your site, I saw an interview with you, and I don't know if this is germane for our conversation here. In fact, I don't recall what each of these letters stand for, but you have an acronym called CLOUT. What does it stand for? Okay, well, well, CLOUT is a funny one. So um, when I do media segments, um, I use the acronym CLOUT to explain to people some of the elements of social media. And in the, in the case of CLOUT, I, uh, I use it as what you should not do on social media. Well, so I'll question. tell you why okay. I chose CLOUT, though, K-L-O-U-T. CLOUT is a social media peer index community. And so if you go to clout.com, mm. you can see... Uh, by putting in your own social media links, uh, how you are um, coming across as far as a peer influence. So what kind of influence are you having on people? Hmm. So your clout score allows you to see 
kind of, you know, how yeah. things are going for yourself. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I haven't been out to clout.com, but uh, I think I'm afraid to look at this point. So <laughs> I think we better hire Tracy first and then go look. Yeah, that's right. Get your clout score. Yeah. Although you before and after, so there you go. <laughs> and one of your bullets on your your landing page talks about, amongst others, what two new websites you need to dominate the internet. So I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm just on the edge of my seat here. I had to ask that question. What are these two new websites that so we I've all need? So I answered them only no. under a different umbrella. So okay. the two websites you really have to have is the landing page. You need to add that to your strategy right now because that's your database list building mechanism and that's your way of creating a community of people that know you, like you, trust you, and buy from you. It, it's absolutely critical to today's marketplace. The other one I talk about is to be blogging properly mm -hmm. and to have your blog embedded under your site. So, for example, tracyrepchuk.com, my blog is under that site, which means I'm right. gathering the attention to the correct site right. uh, from Google. Because then when somebody, let's say one of my post index, indexes for the search term, then you can see that it says tracyrepcheck.com forward slash whatever the blog post was about. And that is the ability to increase your brand through your blog and, of course, constantly raise your own expert status. Right. Okay. One thing I've often heard as we were building our site in WordPress, of course, you always have the option, I guess, WordPress has a general blogging website. And of course, we, we heard, don't, don't do that. Don't put it out on, or what, what's the name of that, that blogging website? Blogger.com, you mean, or WordPress.org? Well, yeah, I think it was blogger.com. And so we were heavily advised, and I obviously I'm hearing you say the same thing, not to put a blog out on one of those that they it's great because they help you organize it and and all that good stuff but you're not getting the benefit of having it on your own website so exactly yeah, you're missing yeah. the whole point that that's the problem you're spending all this time blogging and you're not getting the benefit of the blog which is traffic to your site you're sending the traffic to the other location which ha has nothing to do with you and insofar as social media is concerned and SEO and, and concepts there, is there any kind of website, what's the word, development language or development structure that is better than another? I mean, we went with WordPress. It seems to be, I like the add-ons to WordPress that we use for podcasting and seemingly, you know, also good for SEO. But are is there sites better than WordPress that give you not only control over your content, but also are better optimized for all the notions that, that you work with? No, not currently there isn't. WordPress is the way to go. It's the standard. Um, and uh, it like I, the plugins are irreplaceable as far as technology advancement for your website. Um, I mean, there's other things out there. There's like Joomla and Dougla, and people are going hot over HTML, Parallel, and stuff like that. But right. That's more of an image perspective in many cases. In, in the case of WordPress, if you want the biggest, fastest bang for your buck uh, on your website, you go with that. And the other reason that it's beautiful is if you need to hire somebody on a, in a part-time basis, on a freelance basis, to come and do something to your site, it's cheap because there's right. thousands of them out there. The second you go something specialized, you're, you're paying a far greater mm -hmm. uh, fee for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
well, wow, this has been great. What a avalanche of great information. But tell us, is there anything we haven't talked about that you really think is important for folks to understand about this whole interesting developing realm? I, I have a, a free guide for them um, at marketingsolutionsforbusiness.com. It's called Business SEO SOS, What Every Business Should Know About Internet Marketing. Um, that will help you get a, a little bit of a fundamental approach to identifying what you're possibly missing. Um, and then in the same breath, uh, again, for, for your podcast listeners, um, once they do that, if they would like a uh, free website review um, of their of you know what does their site look like, what do they think's happening, and, and that we can help identify some of the areas that they need improvement and stuff like that, so that they can really help to take their business to the next level, and, and that's included once they opt in um, for your listeners. Give us all then all of your contact information, and let's let's get it out there and get get people talking to you. Great. Right. Well, again, marketing solutions for forbusiness.com. That's the landing page. You'll get a great reality on what one looks like and what you need in your business. You put your name and your email address in there. You go to the next page. You'll get my free guide. You'll see what the guide even looks like. It's the template that, that you need to follow. So not only is all of this information going to be really handy, but it's also going to show you what you need in your company. And then on that same page, uh, connect with me there. Um, and, you know, again, if people are ready, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, I know for a fact my, my website is archaic. It needs a complete redo. Um, you know, uh, you can you can even uh, get in touch uh, to the office, uh, phone the office if you want, 818-859-7210. We are a real business and you can get in touch with us. <laughs> We certainly, we certainly know from uh, looking at that landing page and all those LinkedIn connections that you are very, very real and such a great background in software, the internet, and public speaking and marketing generally. So really, I've really loved having, having you on. And so folks, uh, we again thank uh, Tracy Repchuk for being with us here on this episode of Collaborating, talking about building awareness, being social, and everything you've ever wanted to know about the internet marketing. And I think certainly we have gotten a, a mindful today. And as always, we'd love to hear from you, feedback on this episode or any episode of Collaborating, and we welcome your ideas for new episodes. Please contact us at 888-580-9473 or email podcast at the-collaborative.com. So with that, we say goodbye for this episode, and until next time, keep on collaborating.